the cage. Lock yourself in. Greetings, sweeties. In my 15 minutes on the interwebs this week, I discovered that our friend Elon the sperm donor has 10 children, some of them via IVF. He believes that falling fertility rates threaten humanity more than global warming, and it is his duty as a rich white man to increase the population growth. A gang of his Silicon Valley billionaire friends call themselves pro-natalists, and they think that selecting babies based on genetic testing is not only normal but desirable, as it could improve the human race. We've raved in the cage before about governments intervening in the fertility of their populations. A recent UN study shows that three quarters of the world's nations have fertility policies. 69 nations aim to slow population growth, 55 nations aim to increase it. The agenda is often loaded though. Lee Kuan Yew, the Singapore president for many years, once sponsored love boat cruises for educated citizens in an effort to raise Singapore's collective IQ. Echoes of The Handmaid's Tale, methinks, and further evidence of the campaign by the patriarchy to protect the patriarchy. The legislative agenda to remove human, women's rights in the USA goes hand in hand with the fear of women displayed by conservative parties in that country and here in Australia. On one hand, the legislative abuse of women is milder than shooting or beating them to death individually. On the other hand, it prevents women generally from gaining eminence in the public sphere and so retards the evolution of gender balance and respect for women in society. We tick off Naomi Klein's 10 easy steps to fascism with alarming alacrity. Citing smart people who happen to be female, Hannah Arendt reminds us that states resort to violence when they no longer carry the moral authority to make change happen peacefully. The nexus between Trump's disaffected base and Silicon Valley is narrow but potent. Of course, Elon, the Donald and the rest of the one in 10 million, I call them the one per crore, hide behind their screens like the Wizard of Oz. But Kristallnacht requires um, the mob as well as shock troops. And the January the 6th attacks on the White House demonstrates those linkages in action. So my challenge, sweet ears, is to ponder how we respond to the patriarchy as it closes ranks in preparation for the event. The event being the major social disruption due to the collapse of climate and the environment that will likely kill billions of people. Of course, we have discussed the disgusting comments by the New South Wales Attorney General Speakman, by Premiers Palaszczuk and Perrottet, and by the Queensland Police Chief Katerina Carroll, celebrating the incarceration of climate activists. In discussing that, we have pointed out that the message they want to send to climate activists has been received as protests work and the power is slipping away from the fossil fuel lobbies and their feudal knights in shiny pantsuits. Today, let's explore the relationship between the male focus on fertility and their fear of the loss of power, between the domination of women's bodies and the rise of fascism.
Thorlate's 1987 book, Male Fantasies, Women, Floods, Bodies, History, was dedicated to the exploration of that relationship. Domestic violence is a localised expression of that lust for gratification by domination. Self-identified involuntary celebrants take that public in the mass shootings they commit across the US. Frustrated by their failure to enjoy sexual gratification, jealous of the men who do, they target the people who reject them, or the people who enjoy what they cannot. In other words, everyone else. No wonder then we label masculinity toxic. The question though is how do we get men to evolve, to give up their privilege? Can we be trained? Must we be forced? Surely masculinity itself is not toxic. The appeal by Clementine Ford for men to stop stealing women's moments of glory is one example of the ongoing appeals by feminists for men to evolve. Why do men do this? Stop fucking stealing women's moments from them. They do not belong to you. They are not yours to have. They belong to them. It is accompanied, though, by the recognition that men will not willingly walk away from their privilege. A third party must be involved. And if you're in an audience where this shit happens, stop applauding it. Stop ooing and eyeing. Do not indulge it. Pete the Temp is one of many voices reminding us that power cannot be granted. It must be taken. You can't speak truth to power. Power only moves to power. Be true to your power. Take power. Make power. Power to the people. The people got the power. Tell me, can you feel it getting stronger by the hour? Kurdish women took that literally and fought ISIS alongside Kurdish men with the explicit intention that their participation on the battlefield would earn them equality in civil society. In line with that line, many Kurdish cities have administrations with men and women operating as joint leaders. Slavery was not abolished by a slave revolt, but by the morally outraged allies of slaves passing laws to restrain the privilege of the slavers. So, we must join forces to take power, to shame the powerful, and to wrest their privilege from them. Women in positions of power make a big difference. The evolved males standing with them accelerate the process. The rise of pro-natalism among the tech elite and the anti-feminist agenda of conservatives around the world, though, makes it clear. This will not be a gentle process. The battle lines are being drawn. Sometimes it feels safer to be inside.